0: what up this is Zach and with me as always is Pac what up Pac hello this week we're gonna be talking about well we'll go over some trade steps maybe we'll do that second but we actually have an article this week too yeah that we can discuss and enjoy talk about grow together opinions so yeah that should be fun I actually took this past week off of trading, as we talked about in last mm-hmm. week. So, yeah. How was your week, Pack?
1: Uh, so, the IPO stock that I had hit its stop loss. It actually crashed like a 10%. Oh. In one day. Stocks have just been, as you've seen, really been getting beat. So, I, I still got 9% out of it. Because mm-hmm. um, it was starting to go down, and I thought about moving my stop-loss limit up. And before I could really complete that thought over the course of an entire week, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it did did go down. So stop-losses, guys. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that stop-loss, I wouldn't have actually made any profit. Yes. So, um, which was really nice. So, yeah, stop-losses. Make sure you have them. They're very important. Which, obviously, it would have been nice to be able to get that, like... 30 percent right or whatever but um yeah reality of it is
0: well it just got weird yeah you had to
1: uh, you had
0: to work with what you got you know
1: right i mean which i i was reading um more on some like upcoming ipos i i think 2019 is going to be a really interesting ipo season yeah you have both uber and lyft that are racing to become an IPO, which so that way they can, you know, try and get as much as that investment. It's going to be fun
0: to see what happens with that too, because it's like, I feel like a lot of companies are going to copy that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not strategy, that's for trading platform. Nope, it'll come to me.
1: Uh, I think strategy could apply here. Their maybe. plan, whatever. It's like the
0: structure of the business. Model, business model. Model, yes. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, I feel like a lot of businesses, not just like um, whatever, like taxi, I guess is a good way to put it, Mm -hmm. businesses, but a lot of businesses are going to follow those. So, it'll be fun to see what happens with them, and then you can kind of pay attention to it.
1: And this is one of the other interesting things, because... Before a company goes public, right? They only have to divest as much information as they seem to, to the public. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, it's like a media leak, right? Um, So, this will be mainly like the first full in-depth that we'll be able to look at how Uber is actually doing as a company. Mm-hmm. And how Lyft is actually doing in a company. Because both say that they're unprofitable. And then they're like, oh, well, we're worth about this much, right? Which, yeah. like anybody can really say that mm-hmm. right like so this is where they really have to say this is how much we're worth this is how much we're our starting limit prices kind of thing so i think they said that they're both brown or like uber's around the five to seven billion dollar range mm-hmm. so that could be depending upon how many shares they want to give out that could be anywhere from like a what is it be like a twelve dollar IPO to something more around Spotify where they give out less shares and more like a hundred and thirty dollar IPO yeah so I could imagine them um, going near the higher range especially mm-hmm. because they're looking for a lot more capital kind of thing I think yeah and so less shares more money try and gather as much of that up so
0: that's where I see it going to especially when they have so much uh... They're just out there, you know. Everybody knows what these companies are. Yeah, I think that it's a good way to go. Also, it's it's just gonna profit them more. And why else?
1: I think so. It, you know? I I think it would be smarter for them to go a little more mid range with with the shares, yeah. like the sixty dollar, seventy dollar range, because that makes it just a tad bit easier for a little more retail traders or other mm-hmm. like people that are already part of their company, like Uber drivers. Right, which are, I believe they're all technically classified as like 1099 yeah. contract employees, right? Like they're not really employees or something. <laughs> um, they're self employed so, employees. Yeah, right. So that way it'd be like they'd have an easier opportunity investing in their own, in the company that they're a part of, kind of thing. So yeah. I guess it kind of depends on like what they're really targeting. And we'll really know once the prospectus comes out, which is mm-hmm. probably going to be another 200 page document. Yeah, which I will <laughs> try and read. It's fine.
0: You, you'll skim through.
1: I'll skim through it. <laughs> if that if you can even skim through something like that. So, yeah, that that was pretty much like my week. I still have one stock left, but I, I think I may hold on to it. I'm I'm still pretty undecided as far as I'm gonna do. Like, um, but yeah, I think I'm kind of pretty much done for the year. Like everything is just so beat.
0: I'm kind of thinking that for the future, I want to be like, I'm just gonna take the last two months, like the week before Thanksgiving, and then the rest of the year off.
1: I'm well, you know, depending upon how next October looks. Yeah, I may just take off the last three. <laughs> yeah, because like this October was really bad, and historically October has just not really been that great mm-hmm. of a month, kind of thing.
0: Well, I think it's bad for holdings. I still made pretty good money just trading my week in mm-hmm. week. What am I trying to say? My uh, <laughs>
1: dividend capture. My or... dividend
0: capture. Yeah. Um but I think definitely for holdings last 3 months.
1: Yeah. So cuz yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting. See where it takes us next year. I know. It's going to
0: be interesting to see how the season... like because i've only been trading for two years right so being Mm -hmm. able to get this seasonal experience year in year out yeah is uh i think it's the most important kind of thing for me to look at right now which is weird because it's going to be a whole
1: other year before i can look at it again yeah Um, but it's important and like i don't want to make any mistakes here at the very end that would be like Mm -hmm. take me down further than i need to be because i don't need to be down i had a good year yeah Exactly. So it's frustrating. It was a frustrating year.
0: Well, it's a, it's the perfect time to vacation, go and visit family.
1: Yeah, and I, like you don't want to be like on holiday break with whoever it is that you go on holiday break with, right? Yeah. And you're just like, because part of it too is I thought, oh well, you're on holiday break. That means more time to spend in the stock market, you know, kind of mm-hmm. doing some things. And I realize it's like, no, you should actually just not. Yeah, like, I'm kind of like spend less time or whatever. I I haven't done much Forex because I forgot my password and I switched phones. <laughs> it happens. But like I was thinking, yeah, I'd have more time. You know, just that's probably of, a good time to go into Forex. Yeah, right. Where Forex is is always kind of volatile. Like I still get these like emails and stuff about like and mm-hmm. kind of monitor how the currencies are doing and everything but so it's been a really good year for the dollar actually like really good i believe it's a whole thousand pips or something like a whole 10 cents that's nice which that's that's a lot like if you if you had shorted the euro in february and held it all year because you also get paid daily interest Mm -hmm. and if you short the euro then you actually gain daily like positive where if you short the dollar you actually have to pay (laughs) (laughs) yeah a couple cents and stuff like that like essentially it's almost like collecting like daily dividends yeah problem is is it can flip yeah it can flip you you got so like oh you got to be really really good at being like this is it I'm shorting it. Mm-hmm. I'm holding it all year. <laughs> which is the most insane thing for Forex, as I've said many times. But Well, if it works, it works. Um, I feel
0: like, I've said this a million times, I feel like I need to keep looking at Forex <clears throat> strategies, especially considering the last three months yeah. of the year now, but yeah, I just need to find where I'm comfortable, and maybe that's it, you know? Yeah. I'll just hold for the last three for the dollar. That's probably a terrible idea. Probably. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Let's go back
1: on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Where are we here? Do we want to... Yeah, I
1: got the article. We'll go into the article, yes. What is this article? Uh, if pull up, All right, I got to go back into my email. Oh, it was in my email. All Mm-hmm. Right. So, this article uh, is from MarketWatch, but also kind of com- applies to both financial advisors, investment advisors, and traders, any, any sort of, um, let's say, more frequency uh, trading. So, <clears throat> it's what financial advisors can learn from comedians, <laughs> mainly improv comedy. So, and I after reading this article it's like yeah like this actually does make sense so what they do is they take some of the important steps that um, when you do improv comedy stand up comedy um, and how that applies mm-hmm. and why that might be a part so or pertinent to you as a traitor to me to you Okay. <laughs> the first one is, say yes and, yes and, yes and. It's the golden rule. Yep. So improv saying yes and as opposed to no, but means accepting a suggestion from one's scene partner without judgment. So how do you think yes, yes and, and works? Yes and accepting a suggestion could apply.
0: Uh, when you're actually in a trade. So, when something bad happens, instead of being like,
1: no, I got to get out, yes, and now we're doing this. And there's there's a couple other things, too, with that, where um, with the suggestions, this can be uh, improving an idea, mm-hmm. or imp to, or, sorry, accepting a suggestion to improve an idea. So, that could be a form of, like, a suggestion, right, is, like, you need to get out, right, going to be hard to say yes um yeah and mainly what it is is it's also supposed to help you spur innovation so stand-up comedy you may not be a hundred percent aware of what the other person is doing Mm -hmm. or wit, or any bit aware of what they're doing right so but by saying yes and agreeing with it you can spur your own innovation and how you want to proceed
0: yeah so you can build off each other's ideas so that kind of creative? Mm-hmm. one thing I like to think about in trading is like that kind of creative um, versus the technical because mm-hmm. it's a very technical thing we're doing but it's also very creative and it's a very um, interesting combination and so being creative and experimenting with your strategies and stuff is awesome but you need to have that technical side and mostly when we talk to people we're telling them about the technical side and then somebody. Th- i feel like most of the time a lot of people throw in a creative thing where it's like okay this is cool and so it can be hard to swallow that sometimes because you're like no it's the this is my rules yeah
1: but um and and for like financial advisors it was also being like um opens to clients or staff suggestions it was essentially also one of those where it's like get off your ego horse yeah this true. this next one you'll like it okay stay in the moment <laughs> dude <laughs> what did i say okay so it's true stay in the moment <laughs> when performing an improv scene it's essential for a player to be mentally present rather than thinking about what happened in a prior scene or what will happen later
0: <laughs> it's true though like this is like i don't i've gone on the off on this about like four times in the past like couple months right yeah and it's just like the biggest thing there's a lot of things i if i could tell just new trader stuff there's a lot of stuff i could tell them but like i think one of the things is be in the moment not in wherever we're at you know like not don't think of the ideal trade think of the moment you're actually in and a lot of the time it'll work (laughs) for you but sometimes it won't and you have to cut your losses and that type of stuff that's where you hear about traders kind of holding things longer than they need to or doing something that d- isn't taken that isn't a part of their strategy and having to improvise in that way um being in the moment and knowing okay this is how this works this is what i need to do what happened there mm-hmm. that'll that just changes everything rather than oh this is the strategy this is
1: how it's supposed to work it didn't work yeah you know so so yes stay in the moment it's all about maintaining that focus you not know, thinking about necessarily at that moment mm-hmm. of the prior trade of your future trade focus on the trade that you're doing right now yeah
0: well and you can only know what's happening now you, none of us can predict the future that's the biggest thing I think of when I think of that kind of um, idea of staying in the moment
1: you know yep actively listen the next one. (gasps) Yeah. So, because improv players don't know what's coming next, it's imperative that each player plays close attention to nuances and actively listens to what their scene partner says. Mm. Alerts. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) To me, this is kind of like you're keeping your ear to the ground as far as like those geopolitical other sort of like business nuance you know Uber Lyft IPO right so it's like you kind of keep your ear close to the ground and you're a lot of people are trying to just soak up as much information as they can around that before that prospectus comes out right Mm -hmm. like that's that to me is what actively listening is is you're always kind of like so you're paying attention to what's happening right now but you're listening for when something is about to come
0: yeah well one thing like it,
1: I feel like with any
0: strategy, you're always paying attention to a certain aspect of the market, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever that aspect is, look for the other things that affect that. Look for the other things that are going to change your trade or your strategy that are going to make it unusable or better. You know, So it's all the things that are around your strategy. Pay attention to them. See, see what works with it. Uh, we kind of just barely talked about one mm-hmm. where it's like the whole market's affected – in a strange way at the end of the holidays, the end of the year, you know, and being able to kind of be like, okay, I'm paying attention here. This is, it just isn't right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so since it's uneasy, both of us can be like, okay, take a step back.
1: Yeah. And Pay it's, attention. And that's kind of what I said, like a couple months ago, right? Where it's like, I feel like sentiment has turned bearish. Yes. Right. Like, so it's kind of like you get those nuance, you get those clues. Right. And mm-hmm. so ever since then, it's kind of been like waiting to kind of phase out. Right. 100%.
0: Well, and I think it's funny because I don't remember if it was last week or the week before. I talked about how my uncle was like, he was basically like, oh, everything's good now because, or things are going bad because of this. And I'm like, no, that's 100% not why. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But yeah, which it was. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. because I, and I've noticed this also since then. When you look at these articles that are talking about the Dow up, the Dow down, mm-hmm. right? They use the word amid. Amid does not actually mean because. <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot emphasize that more. The Dow is down amid. So it's trying to, like, draw, like, oh, there's a correlation between the yeah, two. And there like is sometimes... But you can't ever find out what that actually is, like Mm -hmm. that direct correlation, right? So it's like the Dow was down amid, like, Trump having an argument with, like, Nancy Pelosi in the White House kind of thing. (laughs) And they're like, oh, well, so Trump caused the Dow to go down. And it's like, no, what was the argument about? Potential government shutdown. And I'm like, okay, it's what they were talking about that could have caused Mm -hmm. potential down. But regardless, the Dow was probably going to go down anyways. Yeah. Right. In
0: a lot of situations, I see these things where it's like, this happened for this one reason. And there's so many reasons that affect the Dow and affect, you know, SP, whatever. All those things. Yeah.
1: So, so to like say where it's like, oh, well, that actually caused it, it's like, prove it. (laughs) It's like, uh, well, because this article said it's like, no, like they're talking about two different stories at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. they're actually the same story. And the thing is, is like they could, it could have affected it a little bit,
0: but in most cases, it's a number of things, especially yeah. when we're talking about
1: the the Dow and SB. Yeah, like it. There's there are some correlations, especially when it comes to geopoliticals and all this other stuff. The thing is, is that you can't find that, mm-hmm. and that's one of the crazy things about studying economics. Is that it's all <laughs> theoretical and it's all, well, it's like perhaps this, perhaps that, right? They all talk in very like theoretical, non definitive language mm-hmm. because they realize that it's like, it's really hard to like say why the Dow was going down when you have so many individuals that are part of it that they could have exited for any number of reasons. Yeah. So some people would be, oh, I'm certain about our country's future because of this government shut down. So they pull out. That represents a part of it, right? totally possible and other people could be like i've lost money i'm pulling out <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a wave of. and that. he doesn't even, yeah and that person may not even know what's going on right so that that's kind of my thing if you see the word amid amid does not mean because it means it's happening at the same time yes so proving that direct correlation is nobody's done that or else they'd be able to say because right yeah you know but you can't say because of the trade war right because that is a definitive Mm -hmm. there's a definitive line ha all right that is my tangent holy cow (laughs) no it's good be real be real be real Mm. It's the next one the best improv players aren't trying to be funny or tell jokes. They express real reactions to unusual situations. So, there are two things. One is, you know, when you're being real as, like, a advisor or talking with someone, giving them a sort of advice, is to be empathetic to their situation. Yeah. The other one is being empathetic to yourself and real with yourself in that you probably just suck. It's true. Like at, Like, doing a trade right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's... Like I suffer, I joke about it all the time. I suffer from imperfect timing, right? Like (laughs) I just suck at it and I just have to be real about that. And so I have to plan around that. Like it's, I I don't know if it's something that I'm ever really going to be able to hundred percent fix Mm -hmm. or if there even really is that much a fix, but because I'm aware of it, I can work around that.
0: Yeah. I think that it can just be, how do I say this? Right. As far as being real and being empathetic in that way. It's like, how do I say this? You can't lie in the market. You can't. When you look at your portfolio, is it up or is it down? Mm -hmm. When you look at your trade, is it doing what you thought it was going to do? Or is it, did you plan for something else to happen and that's not happening? Mm -hmm. You know? have you put in all the effort that you need to to understand the risks that you're taking um in that way uh we talk about being delusional a lot delusional a lot um when you're delusional you know you're ignoring obvious signs obvious factors obvious things that like you were just saying you either probably need to work on mm-hmm. you know uh or i you know all of us as a trader the trader needs to work on it <laughs> personally and so it's funny because both of us are just like we shouldn't trade these last three months when in reality maybe it's we just should find it like a strategy for the end of the year probably you know know, maybe just like not trade because I suck at it well I'm like like it scares me too but I'm going to try and put in some more uh...
1: it it's a lot easier when you're in bullish markets and Mm -hmm. right now it's like you know some more and more financial analysts are like uh yeah this might be the end of the bull run kind of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's just one of those where it's like wait and see
0: well yeah well it goes along with the other one you know you only know what's going on right now so yeah we'll see
1: so be flexible it's the next one wow wow it's like it be limber so Expect the unexpected. Ready to switch gears and adapt quickly. Wow, need I say more? We just discussed it. Pretty much, but... (laughs) Also, as it relates to advisors, right? Who are trying to build businesses is be willing to try new business tactics or other things to try and improve clients. I feel like this also is kind of like where it's being flexible in other markets as well right being a flexible trader that you're you're not just in one thing
0: yeah definitely know where the money's at so you can
1: keep trading it which is cool next one is follow the fear (gasps) oftentimes the most successful improv scenes are those where the players take calculated risks trying new things versus rehashing overdone scenarios Mm -hmm. so like this it can help Advisors um, build businesses by encouraging them to try new tactics and to prospect different clients using fresh techniques. So, as it also applies to traders, right? Is I, it's like if you're afraid of doing something, which like we are, as the last three months, right? That doesn't necessarily mean like run away. It's lean more into it, like as to yeah, as to why and explore new things because of it see if you can't discover something new definitely
0: i think that it can be how i say this every aspect of trading is very scary in the beginning until you figure it out and so for us like you said these last three months we're still figuring it out <laughs> once we haven't figured out it won't be a scary thing anymore yeah. we'll have uh taken those risks to make it happen and so it's like but when you look at the beginning you know like at the beginning of trading even like the platform you want you're on is scary right yeah i don't know how to do this or to make a trade or what's going on once you get used to that then you can build a strategy once you build a strategy then you can hopefully build profit and it just goes a little further each time so it's just pushing those boundaries yep you know
1: last one is think big or bigger 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 oh wow Given that improv scenes have no sets or props, what develops is truly only limited by the imaginations of the players. So sometimes advisors, slash traders in this case as well, (laughs) can get in a rut because they allow their limiting beliefs to keep them from achieving new levels of success. Wow. 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 Like, wow. Wow
0: that's a good one it's like inspiring in a weird way but i'm like uh i don't that's a scary one too though which is funny that it comes right after the one where it's like push your boundaries basically yeah you know and then it's like and then just you know have that goal um
1: well we've always kind of talked about uh how doing other things outside of trading can actually help and apply to your trading. Yeah. So one of those is yeah, do do uh improv comedy. Yep.
0: Improv comedy. Ask out that girl you're afraid to ask out. <laughs> Think bigger. You're never going to get something if you don't ask for it. What am I saying? Okay. I
1: don't know. Um I feel like you're referencing something and I don't know what it is.
0: I was referencing my own life because I was like I need to start dating and stuff. Oh, okay. I remember as I've hounded myself multiple times on this podcast about, yeah. But um, there's something else I was gonna say, and but we got up. Oh, yeah, our our like background before we were gonna make this podcast, we were actually gonna do a comedy podcast. So it's funny that you chose that, right? Or whatever. I don't feel like I don't know how many people know about that uh like no one because we never did it but um, <laughs> yeah we did a basically thing where we practiced our sets and like kind of uh grew and we never ended up going anywhere with it so we decided to do the more boring part of our lives yeah we, we make it not <laughs> as boring because i feel like you know we're not boring people oh no we're entertaining at least i'm entertaining thank you you're entertaining too
1: i try we're all entertaining sometimes i feel like my subtle voice just brings people to sleep
0: well sometimes i feel like i'm just so (laughs) off the wall um
1: i don't know um you want to get on with those trader steps
0: yes trader step pop up okay Trader step number 23 and this comes from the uh, what's the book called it's called mastering the trade by John F Carter yes and these are his trade steps so um step number 23 get a feel for the markets direction by drilling down looking at the monthly chart then the weekly then the daily 60-minute 15-minute and five-minute charts To get the best idea of what the market is going to do in short term, always start with the largest time frame and drill down to the smaller. I find this funny because I've always, like, I don't know why, I've just always done that. Like, how's everything going? Let's go all the way back. Well,
1: it's, it's, um, what is it called? It's one of the basic, basic, basic strategies that you also learn in Forex. Which scaling is down alignment trading oh. <laughs> so basically what it is or, or trading with the trend right mm-hmm. so basically what it is is you look on you start on the longest one so with stocks you don't really look at a five minute chart because it doesn't yeah. move that much in a five minute Forex it does mm-hmm. so but generally you take three charts so you'll take a four hour one hour 15 minute chart mm-hmm. or you know hour 35 whatever right you start on the hour and you you start to do your trend lines figure out the trend what direction it's going right so if on the hour let's say it's going up sweet and then you go to the 15-minute chart and if the 15-minute chart it's still showing that it's going up sweet then you go to the 5-minute chart the one that you're actually placing your trade right mm-hmm. or 1 minute chart let's say on the 1 minute chart it's actually showing bearish right so what you know is that the overall trend is actually going up yes right? because if you only looked at the 1 minute chart what you might be do- what you might be inclined to do is actually short at that time when it would actually be the worst possible time to short yes so it's it's one of those you you get an idea of where all the trends are at, right, or it's let's say it's like, oh man, something went up today and you you know so you look it up and it's up like five percent and then you look at where it's at for the week and it's down twenty percent down down for the three month it's down like forty five percent you're like i you know I'm just not yeah gonna do that
0: well and even with my strategy like i always start at the year go back to the 6 month 3 month 1 month yeah uh daily or weekly whatever you see the daily yeah parts on it um and in so doing you can see what the actual trend is and how how long those are like the parameters set basically what i'm saying is i'm trying to look for where the cons- like the i like to trade in consolidation mm-hmm. mostly And so I like to look for those consolidated states or super bearish (laughs) or bullish. What am I saying? Yeah. Opposite of that. (laughs) Super bullish. Um, And so, and I'm a Taurus. So that's just, it just works for me. But um, looking at those things, being able to see them and follow those trends, it's just much easier than being like, okay, it just, you know, it's... It's kind of like what you were saying in the um, the improv thing. It's just looking at those steps yeah. or looking, having more information, having your ear to the ground, listening, I guess is what it said. Um, just gives you better information and allows you to set your trade parameters in the proper way. And it works for me. So that's nice. Should we move on? Yeah. This one's long and I'm terrible at reading. So be prepared. Do you want me to read it? Sure. (laughs) 24?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this one is long. All right. (laughs) If you are hesitating to get into a position when you have a clear signal that indicates that you don't trust yourself and that deep inside you feel that you may let this trade (laughs) get away from you, just get into the position and set your parameters. Traders lose money in positions every day. Keep them small. The confidence you need is not in whether or not you're right. The confidence you need comes from knowing that you execute your setups the same way each and every time, and you do not deviate from your plan. The more you stick to your parameters, the more confidence you will have as a trader.
0: Do your parameters. Get over it if you don't feel good about it.
1: Yeah, that felt like a really long-winded way to be like get over yourself.
0: It felt like a long-winded way to like scold a child <laughs> 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 or scold, scold a new trader like, "Hey, just do
1: it." Right.
0: You know? Do it. And so,
1: so he's pretty much just saying if you um if you're doubting yourself, then you don't have enough confidence in your trading plan and that's what you need to really have confidence in. Mhm. Right. Well, and that's a that's the
0: other thing like we just barely talked about like looking at all of the listening and looking for your like parameters and if you you still don't feel good after looking at all of those and you do your trade and it doesn't work then like maybe you need to look at your uh what's the word your strategy look yeah at, look at your setup and by being able to pay attention to that setup and know what you want to do um it'll work It'll work as long as you stick to it and iron out those chinks in your armor. Dope. All right. (laughs) Do you have anything to add? Nope. Okay, I'll go to the next one. And then, yeah, we'll see. Average down on a position. Oh, averaging down on a position is like sinking, is like a sinking ship. Deliberately taking on more water. This is ridiculous and stupid. Don't be ridiculous and stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, just another feel uh, punch.
0: Don't don't average down. <laughs> um, I okay. I feel like this is the most common mistake that like new traders make though it really is you know it, and i feel like everybody is inclined to make this mistake and wants to do
1: it at some point i did make money off of it i have made money doing that though but uh, everybody also... has but it's not a good idea <laughs> but i also prefaced it with that i essentially i looked at it as like a new trade mm-hmm. and i had the the actual analytical support or technical analysis support as to why i was doing it mm-hmm so that is my preface if you look at it as a separate trade just inside the same stock and if it matches your then then yeah right yeah but you can't just like i think with the attitude of averaging down that's like oh well it will come back up so i'm just gonna put more and more in Mm -hmm. for when it comes back up but you're actually foregoing the analysis of why it would go back up Yeah.
0: Well, my inclination now is even if I know it's going to come back up, I just sell. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to go to my next trade. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, maybe it's just a limiting belief. I don't know. I don't think it is. Right. I just think, I was like, if I don't have to deal with this, I don't have to deal with this. You know? I'm just going to... Because, like, let's be honest, a lot more stress can come from having a... Holding something after averaging, or I guess scaling the way you want it to... What am I trying to say? After averaging it, you will feel a lot more stress if it doesn't go your way because you just fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on... Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Except for the market doesn't feel shame. <laughs> it's all you. you know? Right. <laughs> and so, um, I just feel like being able to do that and seeing where it goes and if it doesn't go your way it's just going to, you're just putting yourself through more pain and it's not going to work but if you do the you know, if it is a separate trade like in the your case and it's something that is going to work or all of your uh, analytics mm-hmm. show it's going to and it does, then you know it works but I feel like there's just this strong inclination for new traders to always be like no, I'm going to do... Uh, break even you know i'll scale it uh yeah (laughs) and which especially with like smaller accounts it can that can end up being a waste of time because you're using more money which means you can use less money on your next trade so yeah those are my weird thoughts on that (laughs) um we'll do one more okay cool yeah okay try to enter in full-size right away if you pick up a half position first don't add to it and create a full-size position unless the trade is going your way i actually like this because i feel like we have this tendency like we have like our perfect size that we like to use right Mm -hmm. Um, our uh, stop whatever position size right and for me i found that when i buy something and then i'm like okay but i want the full position size and like it's a partial buy and then it buys the rest of the way later that's how it'll sell as well because it's normally a volume issue it's Mm -hmm. normally a it's just how much is working and you know if the brokers can't sell those contracts in that same way then is it really worth it yeah you know there's a lot more risk involved because there's it is one trade but essentially it's multiple contracts so it ends up kind of biting me in the past it's you know bit me in the butt so it's
1: funny because with me that's actually helped me out really because i suffer from imperfect timing (laughs) so that's that's how i've done to like counteract that is i never go in sometimes with like a full position Mm -hmm. very rarely like i have before but um well i feel mainly because i like for whatever reason after i buy it will always drop Yeah, and so then i Most of the time, I will do it on the same day. (laughs) Like, I won't, like, wait another week and then put it out. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like there's a difference between scaling and then, like, having... Because what I do is it's, like, a full position and only the partial. Mm -hmm. It's been, like, a partial whatever. sell. I... My jib... I can't think of the word. It's a partial contract. And then the rest of it's still waiting to be bought. And it just... It just prolongs the process for me. That's what like messes me up. But I think scaling in it, it's like I'm planning on this. I'm planning on this and then with that the volume's growing with it as well. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of see that hopefully. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little weird right now. But yes. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? No. I
1: think that's it. All right. Peace out.